1: Tēnā koutou good evening and welcome into the Black Ferns Show. I'm your host Kirsty Stanway and it's an absolute pleasure to do this with you every second fortnight, shining a spotlight on women's rugby in this country and what is a massive year. And guess what? We are just 40 days away from the start of the Women's Rugby World Cup. If you haven't already, October 8th, write it down, put it in your iPhone or your Samsung calendar to remind yourself the opening match of the World Cup at Eden Park between the Black Ferns and the Wallaroos Australia. It is going to be blockbuster. Go and grab tickets at blackferns.com and support our ladies in action. It's the first time ever we've had a Women's World Cup in New Zealand. How was that? How was that? We're world champions. We've been world champions over and over again and this is the first time we get to show our country, our culture, our heritage and what we're all about to the world. It is going to be a fantastic event. October 8th is when it all kicks off between Auckland, Eden Park, Waitakere Stadium and Northland in Whangarei as well. So great to have you joining us on the programme today. I reckon you're going to enjoy this one. Coming up, we've got Black Ferns assistant coach Whitney Hanson, yes, daughter of the great Steve Hanson, coming on the program. She's a phenomenal coach. The players, you talk to them about her, they've only got positive things to say, and I think you'll understand why. We'll get insights from her as a coach, where her journey began. Uh, It wasn't the traditional uh, coaching journey. She didn't even pick up rugby um, until quite late in her life, but she's a phenomenal asset to this Black Ferns environment, and you'll see why when we catch up with her shortly. Taylor Johnson, who is the voice of women's rugby in New Zealand uh, and First 15 as well from Sky Sport, commentator extraordinaire, joins us on the programme to look at the Palmer Cup. We review the last round of action and our final four, our finalists, our semi-finalists, have been found in the Premiership and Championships. So first and foremost, a massive congratulations to Canterbury, Wellington, Waikato and Auckland, Hawke's Bay, Northland, Otago and North Harbour as well. Well done, ladies, for getting to this end of the season. It all starts now. The treats. Two more weeks and we will know who takes out uh, the chocolates in the Farah Palmer Cup. Our domestic competition in New Zealand that has been producing phenomenal rugby uh, and phenomenal talent over the last couple of months. And finally, to round out the programme, former Black Fern, she's come back from having a baby, Charmaine Smith, she's part of the Mums Club in the Northern Cody, there's a whole group of them that take their babies away on tour with them, they take them to training, it is absolutely beautiful, plus she's juggling being a mum with being an athlete of course and her job as a police officer trying to stop crime uh, in Aotearoa and our communities. She's a fantastic woman and I cannot wait for you to hear more of her story. That's coming up in the next hour. Uh, but first a little bit of quick hits the black ferns show quick hits yes what's making news in women's rugby uh well first and foremost the black ferns wrapped up the o'reilly cup uh, after beating the wallaroos back to back victories for them the latest 22-14 victory over Australia in Adelaide on their home turf this time around. They are unbeaten so far this season. Probably wasn't uh, the performance uh, that the coaches were after but every single time they go out there it's a trial and they are learning and they're getting one step closer to the Rugby World Cup. Uh, There were a couple of injuries that came out of that one. We'll get updates on Chelsea Semple. She went down with a terrible head knock and uh, their co-captain Kennedy Simon limped off with a calf injury. So we'll get an update from Whitney Hanson when we hear from her shortly. But what of the highlights? Aside from the results, she's a great character in our game. Ruby Tui was interviewed after the match, and you're going to love this one.
2: Absolutely. I want to give props to the Walleries for growing rugby over the ditch. eh? I know it's not easy for women over here, so far out, look what they did in one week. Um, Shit goes to show, do a bit of study, you know. Um, They really gave it to us. Your name's um, Justin, eh? My name is Justin. Still Justin Marshall's name.
0: I steal a lot more than his name. (laughs) I stole a Bledisloe off him a couple of times as well, let me tell you. Adelaide doubleheader. How good is it to be a part of this?
2: It's so amazing. And I just want to shout out to everybody who's jumped on the women's rugby this year. Look, at, look around bro I can tell you 10 years ago this was not a thing so it's actually so inspiring that the people out there are putting their hand up and saying we want to support the other half of the you know demograph as well so it's, it's absolutely amazing thank you to Australian Rugby Union World Rugby putting this on and you
1: know we're only about to blow up even more so it's pretty exciting brother She's amazing isn't she you always know what you're going to get she keeps interviewers on their toes though but she is a phenomenal woman both on and off the field and a great ambassador for rugby in this country will she make the rugby world Cup squad. That is the big question. Of course, she gave up playing sevens this year. She missed out or didn't miss out. She chose not to play at the Commonwealth Games and the upcoming Sevens World Cup to focus on the Women's World Cup at home. She's put all her eggs in this basket, learning the 15-a-side game after being heavily involved in sevens. And we will find out if she makes it and if these other ladies that want to play sevens and 15s make it as well. The likes of Portia Woodman, Sarah Hedini, Stacey Flula. The squad is announced in just over two weeks. This so September 13th, the squad, the 32-woman squad, they take on. The rest of the world at the Women's World Cup will be named on September 13. Uh, Just after that, a week or so after that, the Black Ferns will take on Japan. They've added another test, another fixture before the World Cup to get some much-needed game time. That one is at Eden Park on September 24th as part of the doubleheader where the All Blacks will take on the Wallabies in the second Bledisloe match as well. Well, it's a jam-packed show. Uh, When we come back, we are catching up with the Black Ferns forward coach Whitney Hanson. Stay with us here on the Black Ferns show. (laughs) Welcome back into the Black Ferns show. Well, it's been a busy fortnight for our international side. They've had two matches against Australia. The first in Christchurch, uh, and then they've headed over to Adelaide, back home again. But they've got back-to-back victories in the bank and of course the O'Reilly Cup back in the trophy cabinet as well to talk about it uh, and her journey into coaching we're very lucky to be joined by the Black Ferns assistant coach she's forwards coach Whitney Hanson who has an incredible resume uh, she's been part of the coaching team for the pa- Farah Palmer Cup side the Canterbury side the Black Ferns Development 15 the New Zealand Women's Barbarian side and for Matatu and Super Rugby Opiki as well Whitney thank you so much for giving up your time we so appreciate you coming on the programme how are you? The last uh, couple of weeks, I imagine, and probably the last couple of months has been a whirlwind of crazy busyness for you.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty hectic, but there's been heaps of learnings and, um, and absolutely loving it. So yeah, I'm good.
1: That's fantastic to hear. Let's talk about the latest test match uh, over in Australia. You're back in New Zealand now, but as a coaching group, are you happy with what you saw? Are you happy from what your team produced?
0: Yeah, I think we expected Aussie to come out and be a different side to what they played like the week before, in um, particular with that home crowd. And they did. they were pretty exceptional in defence and really brought that to us. So, yeah, I think our girls needed to to step up and, and um, lots did that. We saw some uh, debutants go out and express themselves, which is always exciting. Um, and For me in particular, Santor Tomata. Um, came out and had an impact on the game So that was pretty exciting And yeah I think we, we, you know, we knew there were some things that we needed to get better at And some of those things we did And others we've still got to, we, we got to work to do um, And yeah We've just got to keep working on those really
1: What are the areas that you're looking to improve on?
0: So I think from an attack perspective um, We just Aussie obviously came out with a plan To slow us down at the breakdown And we, we probably allowed them to do that in that last game uh, so we've gotta be better in that area, we've got to clean bodies and we've gotta we've gotta have lightning football, um, so that we can play that exciting style of attack that Smithy's that looking to bring. Defensively, uh, you yeah, know, we were we were pretty good across most of the game but still patches there where so we need to look to execute things and be a little bit tighter.
1: We keep hearing uh, from everyone uh, both inside and outside the camp that uh, these matches have been well and truly a trial and we're hearing the same from Farah Palmer Cup as well. Um, Is that what it has been like? And if so, what do you ask from these ladies every time they go out onto the field?
0: Yeah, it absolutely is a trial. I think we're in a unique position where coaching staff change um, not long to go, leading into a World Cup in a short period of time for people to showcase um, what we're looking for in the group of players that, um, to play the game that we're going to look to play. And um, so some people have had the opportunity coming away and being part of the, the Black Twins groups that have been chosen and, and across PAP4 and Laurie, and then others have done that in, in FPC. But I think the the big thing is just under that pressure and knowing that there's that piece there where they're being looked at, that they have the ability to express themselves and showcase what they can do. There's there's a, a big piece in and around us playing a high tempo game and there's a fitness element that comes to that. So that's one of the things we're looking for. And then I think like every team you're looking for players with a with a point of difference who can um, who can bring something um, different and Yeah, like I said, that 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 ability to be able to express yourself and showcase your superpowers and and put you out on the field.
1: I love that. That's such a good insight. Um, There were a couple of injuries over the weekend, and for everyone watching that, I think both of them would have made you feel a bit sick for different reasons. Um, Kennedy, of course, has just come back from injury, uh, and Chelsea's uh, KO was nasty. How are those two ladies?
0: Yeah, look, it's never... um, Easy watching those things, and yeah. but unfortunately, they are part of the game. It's a contact sport. They um they're both actually doing they're doing really well. Good. Um, two incredibly professional players who understand that that's part of the game and will just be focused on getting getting back as quickly as they can.
1: Yeah, and hopefully uh, they're back soon, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, the World Cup squad will be named on the September the thirteenth. Is that right?
0: Ah uh, yeah, yep, that goes for in.
1: It is not far away at all, is it? Not far away at all. What do you think is gonna be the toughest positions to pick?
0: In all honesty, like some of the positions where, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of depth and yep. um will become some of the positions that are now quite hotly contested. And in front row is one of those. We've worked really hard to grow some depth across the country and there's some outsiders who are um putting their hands up who, who might come in as a surprise and yeah there's there's other incumbents in there who are who are fighting for their spots as well. So front row will be one our loose forwards like is, is incredibly hot you can test it and right across the back line, I think. Like there's a lot of Sevens players who are um keen to be part of the mix and that adds a different dynamic in there as well. <laughs> Just about everyone really.
1: This is the, uh, the great thing though is that there is so much depth in women's rugby in New Zealand at the moment and it makes it so exciting to watch the international game, to watch Farah Palmer Cup as well um, and you've just added another test match before the World Cup. You'll be taking on Japan, your side will be taking on Japan uh, before the Bledisloe Cup match uh, later on in September. What is the benefit of adding another match for you guys as a coaching group?
0: I think one of the things in there, obviously the more game, like there's... Um some no-brainer reasons in there. Like, the more game time we get, yeah. the more opportunity we've got to, to put together things that we're trying. But I think a big one in there is um, probably around that combinations piece. We've had a short turnaround, and like you say, we've, we've used a lot of the opportunities that we've had across other tours or campaigns to give people opportunity and, and to showcase what they can do. Um, but we're also really aware that we need to start putting combinations together as well. So that might give us an opportunity to do some of that.
1: We're talking to one of the best coaches in the business, Whitney Hanson, who is an assistant coach with the Black Ferns as we lead up to the Women's World Cup, October 8th. How did you get into coaching? Where did your journey begin? Where did you uh, go from transitioning from player to coach?
0: I came to rugby pretty late in life, but had a bit of a run around and played a bit at primary school and then spent a lot of my um, high school years playing football or soccer and then went to uni wanted to do something different so I went to the University of Canary Club down in Christchurch and ended up playing um, 111 games for them in the end and um, from what was going to be just a bit of a runaround to something that's now a massive part of my life so yeah from from playing there got asked by Kendra Coxage actually and Blair Baxter who um, my coach was now that I want to um, be one of the coaches to coach in under-18, the side that we had there down in Canterbury and, um, yeah, started doing that and <clears throat> fell in love with coaching and realised that that you know, was all the fun things about rugby and none of the sore body parts. <laughs> so, yeah, enjoyed doing that for three years and then was lucky enough to, um, like I said earlier, be part of the, the Canterbury Women's um, FPC coaching group and then um, have had some great opportunities and around the breakfast space too.
1: So, in and around that space, you actually came in initially as an intern, um, and you were asked to join the main coaching group this year. Who asked you, and and what was your reaction?
0: Yeah. Um, so, the that uh, initial conversation was with Hannah Porter, yeah. and probably the first thing that I thought about was, "Am I ready to do this?" And I think probably like a lot of females, and um, taking on. Roles and, and positions, like there's a bit of imposter syndrome that creeps in there, and um, is this the right decision? But <clears throat> I think for me, based on you know what the black mens have gone through in the last little while, and and who the other coaching staff was going to be, that it, it did feel right that it was the right thing to do. And you know, after getting just checking in with a couple of important people, I went back to Hannah and said, yep I'll be really keen to be a part of it."
1: And it is so cool, right? And like. Oh, sorry. I imagine this is the dream for everyone, right? Being able to coach at an international level and the World Cup is in New Zealand for the first time.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty incredible opportunity. And yeah, yeah, I'm just taking all the learnings I can and trying to be the, the best person I can for the group that I'm in front of.
1: You talked about the other coaching group. It is an incredible coaching team that you're a part of. Um, Mike Cron, of course, is part of it. Wayne Smith, uh, Wesley Clark. You've got your father, Steve, who we know is a legendary coach himself. Who mentors you? Who do you go to when you need a bit of help and advice? And and what is the best piece of coaching advice you've received?
0: Oh, that's a tricky one. I'm not the people who I go to, but I'm not. I'll think on the on the best piece of advice. Deb's been awesome the whole time. To be honest, like when when we're Needed support on anything I think um, Not just Just coaching He's mm-hmm. just an Awesome person to have On the end of the phone But ever since i started coaching Our team too, so That's been a really cool Connection piece for us In and around Kind of where to next And looking at the game And, and, and looking at things differently From a set piece perspective Mike cron has been someone Who really early on In my career um, worked actually with The Canterbury Women's team I wasn't initially going to be the set piece coach and we had a bit of a different group together. And then as often happened when coaching, different opportunities come up and that group looked different again by the time we took on the, the roles. And so um, I sort of went from, I might be having a devil on this area to now I'm going to be doing scrums and line outs and ran Crona and he was also um, invited me over and we just sat there and started looking at footage and these, um, been great at coming out and watching me coach and co-coaching with me so it's cool to be able to do that with him in this space and to have the, the time to really connect and to go a whole other detail um, with this group of athletes that we've got you're um, honest oh
1: sorry <laughs> It's so yeah, hard to judge nah, the pauses it. on radio. Um, you honestly sound so passionate. Like you just sound like the kind of person that anyone would love to have as their coach. And I know I've been hitting you with a few questions that are so hard to answer. But I'm just curious. Do you have a favorite day on the job as a coach? Is there a favorite moment that stands out to you?
0: For me, like it when you. It's probably not like one time, but it's the moment where you get to see people living out their dreams. So, um, you know, you watch a debutant run out for the first time or someone get to express what it means that a capping with their family there and how proud they are to do that or, you know, a player having the um, confidence in a game to put something out on the field that they've been training all week or a move coming off that, you know, people have worked really hard to, um, to put together. But those are probably the things for me when you see the, the anyone really in that group of athletes who are out there and, again, being able to express themselves and live their dream and um, have a positive experience in footy.
1: Yeah, that is so, so cool. Um, I know you're probably absolutely exhausted. Um, so just a couple more questions because you're absolutely fascinating to talk to, so I hope you don't mind. Um, but obviously there's not a whole heap of female coaches in New Zealand. Um have you got advice of females that um, maybe want to give coaching a try at any level? What would you say to them?
0: I think probably that, like, it probably comes back to the other question I didn't um, answer, but I might have one for now, is, like, the best advice around that space and coaching mm-hmm. that I've been given is sometimes you, you have to step into opportunities before you feel like you might be ready. Because often in sport, things are cyclic, um, and particularly the more uh, you head into high performance and I think it's something like 75% of real learning happens when you're in there and you're doing it. So I think be brave and, and back yourself and put yourself in those positions outside your comfort zone and then yeah, do all you can to um, get the learnings that you need while you're in there.
1: I love that. Whitney, thank you so much. Honestly, you're such an inspiration. You're wonderful to speak to. Um, I wish we could do this all day, but obviously we can't. We've got to let you go. But thank you so much for coming on the programme and we wish you and the team all the very best in the coming months. We're right behind you here on ECNZ. Thanks very much. Well,
0: Hopefully we can do you guys proud.
1: Well, we're down to the business end of the Farah Palmer Cup. The semi-finals for both the Premiership and Championship have been found. The final four: uh, Canterbury taking on Wellington from Orange Theory Stadium on Sunday, followed by Waikato against Auckland, uh, and then in the Championship, Hawkes Bay against the Northern Cody and Otago against North Harbour. Fantastic to have the final four and be at this end of the competition. To talk about it, she's been calling games all season in multiple roles. Uh, you know this woman, she's incredibly talented and we've had her on before hearing about her backstory in rugby. Now she joins us as a commentator, Sky Sport commentator and analyst, Taylor Johnson. Thanks for giving up your time because we know how busy you are, Taylor. What have you thought <laughs> of the latest round and, and what do you make of the four finalists?
3: Oh, okay. I think the whole Farah Cup season um, has been really successful. I think we've seen it um, be a lot more competitive than what it has been in previous years. You know, we saw big upsets with... You know, Bay of Plenty beating Auckland and things like that. And Bay of Plenty actually came really close to making the top four. They just had such a narrow loss to Canterbury. And I think everyone had ridden them off before the game. And I think Wellington was sitting watching that game, really nervous about the result. But look, it's, it's been really good. I think um, all the finalists uh, there are really deserving. Like one big upset was in the championship when um, North Harbour beat Tasman, which was a huge upset. And Taranaki actually came up firing against Northland um, yesterday as well. So, Look, I think the semi finals are, are going to be great. You talk about the
1: quality of the competition, Taylor. Um, what do you put that down to? Is that the depth in women's rugby? Is that um, the profile that women's rugby is getting? W- what is it why the competition is so much better this season?
3: I think it's a combination of both. I think, you know, it's been about four years now since the first Blackburns were offered uh, contracts, um, not full time contracts. I guess this is the first year it was full time um, professionals. But I think since then, and when young girls saw that the opportunity was there to actually make a living out of playing rugby, more and more uh, youngsters ended up signing up to play rugby. You know, like in the games that I did yesterday, there was, you know, 16 year olds and 17 year olds on the field playing against women, um, you know, who are really experienced. So I think it's a combination of um, the exposure the game's got at the moment. Um, And and just the willingness to play, you know, even though it's a different code, seeing the Sevens um, at the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games um, has really improved the profile of rugby. But I also have to put it down to the characters. I mean, even the interview yesterday with uh, Lee Munro-Smith from Taranaki, she was just such a character and is a real good advocate for the game. And obviously we see Ruby Tui with all her interviews and things like that. Um, so I just think it's the, the the characters who are playing rugby that are making it uh, so interesting. So I think that is why the depth has got better, and and I think the programs have developed um, more and more across the country as well. Um, so yeah,
1: as well as the title, the all important title of of being crowned Farah Palmer Cup champion, uh, there is the Fa- Fia All Medal as well. Who do you think the front runners are to take that one out?
3: Oh, it's a tough one. I actually don't know who's who's leading the competition currently. I know it was Maya Joseph for a while, but yeah. then she got a, a knee injury. Um, but I think, oh, it's so tough. There's been some really um, great players. Uh, I think of Cassie Tanga from Tasman. She's been awesome. Badly um, memorised from Taranaki. Charmaine Smith has really put her hand up as well coming out of, um, retirement. Uh, so yeah, there's actually too many to pick from because every week you're always impressed by someone else. And, and I guess when the Black fans were in there as well, like Luke O'Connor was the front runner for me. She was outstanding for Bay of Plenty. So. I think there's just such a plethora of talent to pick from. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see who gets the medal in the end. Well, that's the
1: exciting thing, right? It all gets revealed at the Rugby Awards later on this year. Um, speaking about the Black Ferns, though, th- do they all filter back into their Palmer Cup teams this week? Are we expecting to see them in these top four teams?
3: Well, I think the Smith will release a couple of them just to get some extra uh, game time, but also to put their hands up as well. Remember, um, we just announced that the latest test match it's going to be a double doubleheader with the All Blacks so there is still one last test match before the World Cup but I think you know we saw Liana Mikaeli too play for Auckland um, on Saturday and she was in that Laurie O'Reilly team but she was left behind to get some game time coming back from injury um, so I think there'll be a couple of players who have been dropped, it, uh, dropped down into the FPC to really put their hand up for that selection. Um, and I think we'll be seeing some pretty big collisions happening over the weekend because of it.
1: Yeah, which players do you think? Because this Rugby World Cup squad, like, it's on the 13th of September that's going to be named. So we're literally two weeks away from seeing who is going to play for our country at the World Cup later on this year. Um, which players do you think have the most to gain over the next couple of weeks?
3: Oh, it's tough. Like we saw Kennedy Simon go down injured, and also saw Um Talsielli, you know, sustain a concussion. And, um, you know, I think midfield and Lutra have always been the most competitive spots, uh, even before those injuries on the weekend as well. So I also think there is even the opportunity for people who, um, you know, weren't in that L'Oreal Riley team to put their hands up. You know, perhaps. Um, the likes of Eloise Blackwell can put her hand up again because she's been really good in the fire Palmer the cup. She's taken that feedback on board. Um, you know, Leanna Mika has already mentioned. So yeah, there's plenty, but also even on the, on the wings as well, you know, like Shao Robinsetti has been outstanding for White. I thought she was part of the pack four and then dropped down, um, you know, I dropped out of the team for Laurie O'Reilly. So I think although we've got our eyes on the current Laurie O'Reilly squad, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some other ladies who are going to ask some questions of Wayne Smith.
1: Okay, so we've got Taylor Johnson on the line who will be calling, I presume, one of the semifinals this weekend. Do you know what game you're doing yet, Taylor? Uh, I'm on the Canterbury-Wellington game. Okay, well, let's start off with that one. Um, in the premiership, Canterbury taking on Wellington and Waikato taking on Auckland. Would you have to say that Canterbury and Waikato are the favourites for that one? Can you see an upset happening for either of those two matches?
3: I definitely think they are the clear favourites. I mean, um, they've been the top performers throughout the whole season. Uh, but you know, I did, I was really impressed with Auckland's performance. You know, they came from behind against Wellington, um, just on, on Saturday and it was a really good game. And, and equally though, Wellington still had a really good performance. Like, um, they, yes, they probably didn't capitalise on all the opportunities that they did have, but there was some wicked, um, tries scored in their match. So I think, we can never say never. Um, we, we've seen, you know, just from that Bay of Canterbury game, that even they almost tipped up Canterbury, right? And um, they, they were the lowest rate. You know, they were three and six um, just ahead of Manawa 2. Uh, so I think, although they are the favourites, I think uh, semi final fully, uh, we could see some interesting results.
1: Okay, what about if we look at the championship? What do you think is going to happen between the Magpies and the Cody?
3: Again, the Cody weren't as as um, I had previously seen, like Taranaki, it was 7-0 at halftime. And the the, the Taranaki team just absolutely gave it to them on defence and Northland didn't really have any answers on attack either. Um, So I think think that one's actually going to be closer than um, many people predicted, but I do think Hawke's Bay... Will probably get the win in that one. And then when you look at the other semi final, I think Otago will get through comfortably. No, just the sex in North Harbour, but that Otago team, you know, they've come down from the Premiership and they've shown everyone why they were in the Premiership to start with. Um, they've just put everyone to the slaughter. We only do the Blackfin
1: show every fortnight. So next time we have a show, we will know who our premiership uh, and championship uh, title winners are. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. But final question, who wins the premiership and who wins the championship? Your bold predictions.
3: Well, Kirsty, you know I'm a proud King Country girl. We're right next to the Waikato. So I'm picking all the Waikato women to go back-to-back. And I also think that they haven't, you know, they haven't lost as many black friends as well. And, and they're a really good cohesive side. They've been yeah. together for a long time too. Uh, so I, I'm definitely picking Waikato to win that one. But, um, you know, Blair Baxter has, a, has got a really well-drilled category team. So I think anyone could win that one. Um, And then I think with the championship, Otago, they, they hurt. They're hurting from coming down into the championship from the premiership and I think they'll go straight back up.
1: Amazing. We can't wait to see uh, what happens and how it plays out in the next couple of weeks. And we look forward to hearing you over the weekend as well. Taylor Johnson from Sky Sport who will be commentating Canterbury taking on Wellington this weekend. All the very best for the next couple of weeks and thank you so much for your time, Taylor. You're so awesome. Thanks, Jessica. So great to get one of the female anchors, female commentators for rugby in this country. Taylor, on when we come back, we're catching up with one of the mums. She's part of the Northland Cody. They're into their semi final, Charmaine Smith. This is the Black Fern Show on ACNZ and our next guest, I'm excited for this one. She is an incredible wahine, she's an incredible woman, uh, you're going to love talking to her as well. She's a Rugby World Cup winner, uh, was with our Black Fern, she's been part of the Blues and Super Rugby Opiki and she's now part of the Northland Cody and the Palmer Cup who have just made it through to the semi-finals in the Championship Division as well. Charmaine Smith, thank you so much for your time, we know you're an incredibly busy woman so we appreciate it. <laughs> (laughs) Um, How are you? How's your Monday?
2: Yeah, hi. Uh, It's good. Um, It's not often we play a game on a Sunday, so it's a bit different having to get up for work the very next morning after you've played an afternoon Sunday game, but I'm good.
1: I'm good. I made it. Made it to the afternoon. So you've got work. You're obviously juggling that with being a professional athlete, and you're an amazing mother as well. Before we get into the rugby side of things, tell us a little bit more about work, what you do day to day. Yeah, so
2: I'm a sergeant in the New Zealand Police uh, and I work out of in Northland up here in Whangarei, out of the Whangarei Police Station. I'm currently um, on the area prevention team. Uh, so I work um, Monday to Friday at the moment until rugby season's over. Um, go to work in the morning, drop baby at daycare, go to work in the morning, finish work, pick her up and come straight down to the Northland rugby gym with her. Um, so she's currently being babysat by one of, our, um, one of our S&C trainers here while I take this phone call before I get back into my training.
1: I love that. It's like a big whanau. Um, yep. Just on the job with the New Zealand Police, which um, also thank you so much for everything that um, each and every one of you do for the community. It's such an important and special role. Um, what's the best thing about your job? What's the most rewarding thing for you?
2: The best thing about my job is the people that I get to meet, both out in the community and within the organization. It's always been like my number one reason for, I've been in 10 years now, and it's my favorite part. You get to meet uh, so many different people from so many um, walks of life, and you also have the ability to make change for the better in people's life as well. So I just love it. It's the best job.
1: So, so cool. It's so cool to hear someone so passionate um, and one of your other passions, of course, rugby. You just mentioned um, your baby. Tell us, what's her name? How old is she now and how's motherhood? So her name is Amelia and she is
2: just over 10 months old and motherhood is a, a, it's wild. No, it's the best thing ever. Um, I could have never prepared for everything <laughs> involving motherhood um, and I never expected to be a mum and be back playing rugby as well so um, honestly it's the best it's just such a cool thing to be able to um, have a little human (laughs) and um, yeah she's just awesome.
1: Now you mentioned that she's being babysat at the moment I saw pictures of her yesterday with playing uh, with some of the other babies in the team so how many babies are there this mum's club that you're (laughs) going that you've got going at Northland and is that part of the secret this year the secret to the success you've been having? Yeah, someone called it our secret sauce.
2: So um, we we have, at the moment, we've got four babies, under one and under. Um, and those um, four players started on the weekend, those four mums. And then out of our playing 23 on the weekend, 12 of them were mums. Wow. So, um, yeah, quite a big proportion of our team are mums. And um, yeah, I honestly just, it's part of who we are up here. And it is unique about our team. I don't know how many mums are in the other teams but we have quite a lot and it adds so much value um, both on and off the field and um, yeah, we just really want to show that being um, being a mum isn't a barrier to playing rugby, it's a superpower.
1: And do your babies go everywhere with you? They're obviously at training, do they go to the games, do they travel?
2: Yeah, so it's something new that, um, that North and Rugby have got on board with this year and um, we now, for all babies under one, Northern Rugby will support by paying for a support person and baby to come away to our away game. Very um, cool. Yeah, so we asked the question. It it um it's not something that's new. Mums have been playing rugby for so long, but um I think with the way the women's game is growing, we we're really lucky that Northern Rugby have got on board with supporting our mums and recognising that um it's gonna. It's not something that's just going to, wait, going to go away. There's always going to be mums in the team. Um, so it's our new normal that, that that's what happens with new
1: mums um, who are a part of the Northland rugby team, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. It's such an important message as well, right, that mums can do anything um, and that having children doesn't stop you from doing anything either. Uh, we're speaking to Charmaine Smith from the Northland. Cody, so great to have you on the programme on the Black Fern Show with us today. Yeah. Um, The Northland Cody. what's it like being back playing rugby? How much do you love this team? Because it wasn't that long ago that you retired um, due to injuries and now you're back. It's an amazing story.
2: Yeah, so one of the – probably my biggest regret when I got told I couldn't play rugby anymore was that I never got to come home and represent Northland and represent where I grew up and my family up here. So – to be cleared to play rugby and then get the opportunity to um come back and play for North Northland, it just feels like the best thing ever. And I still remember the um first Jersey presentation we had I had baby in one hand and I was crying from the very start of it. Um it, it means so much. Um and it's just been yeah, the best thing ever to come home. To be able to play home home games as well up here. I'd never played rugby up here in Whangarei. Throughout. I'd only played five years, but none of our games were ever up here in Day, so it's so awesome. What's been the highlight so far of the season? The highlight so far is probably uh, our team and just um, how we've dove embraced all the babies, yeah. um, the culture on and off the field, um, and, yeah, obviously putting on that jersey and representing Northland as well. I think when you become a mum, you realise that, um, it's no longer just your sacrifice to make trainings. You have to, um, ask, ask things of other people and they sacrifice things just so I can make it to trainings or make it to the games as well. So, um, yeah, it's just been the coolest thing ever to come back here, be surrounded by family and friends and be able to, um, represent
3: Northland.
1: It is so, co- so cool. Honestly, it's I said it, but it's the most amazing story. Um, you've got the most amazing journey as well. Given the fact that you didn't think you'd be playing rugby again after having that conversation, um, what are your personal goals? What more do you want to achieve in the sport? You've now ticked off playing for your region, playing uh, for your home. What else do you want to achieve?
2: Yeah, I guess for me, I'm just taking it. Um, I've always said when I came back, like every time I get, um, to take the field, um, it's an opportunity, um, to be the best version of myself I can be. And wherever that leads me, um, it leads me, I'll just keep trying to be the best that I can. And whatever that means for the future, I don't know. I'm just, I think when you get everything taken away from you, yeah. like in an instant, you just look at things a different, from a different perspective and how, how, how quickly things can change. So, yeah, I just take every, like, new opportunity as it comes, say yes to everything and um,
1: don't hold back, really. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Um, and just on on the injury, the one that threatened to end your career but it hasn't, which is just so <laughs> cool. Um, is there any, like, lingering um, symptoms, pains? Because it was a bulging disc, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, so I actually never had any um, symptoms or pain, Um which is what what made it even harder when I got told I couldn't play. So no, I've got nothing and been pretty lucky when it comes to things like that. And like neck injuries are so serious and Mm -hmm. it could have been so much worse than it is. So I'm really lucky.
1: That is amazing. Well, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Honestly, thank you so much for your time. We better let you get back to training um, and to <laughs> yep. your baba as well. But thank you so much. Go well with the Northland Cody. We wish you all the very best in the next couple of weeks and we can't wait to see um, what's more to come from you in the future as well. Thank
2: you. Thanks for chatting to me.
1: Well, we're almost done for another week. Don't forget, the Farah Palmer Cup uh, semi finals are on this weekend. If you're in, uh, the Christchurch area get along on Sunday and support Canterbury taking on Wellington. That is from eleven thirty-five. Uh, from one thirty-five, Waikato taking on Auckland. That is at FMG Stadium in Hamilton on Saturday. You've got the two championship semi-finals. If you're in. Napier, head along to McLean Park to see the Magpies take on the Cody uh, just after midday and uh, 4.35 on Sunday, the Spirit taking on North Harbour at Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin. Well, that has been an amazing show. I hope you've been inspired. I hope you've learnt something. I hope you've enjoyed it because we've had some great guests on the programme today. First and foremost, a massive thank you to Whitney Hanson, the assistant coach of the Black Ferns, going from an intern with the Black Ferns Uh, to earlier this year being part of that main coaching group she's a phenomenal woman um, and offers a whole lot to women's game in New Zealand so it was great to be able to pick her brain and find out what's going on inside that Black Ferns environment advice for young coaches for future coaches as well it was just fantastic very lucky to get her on the program and then of course Taylor Johnson Sky Sport commentator reviewing the Farah Palmer Cup and previewing the semi-finals and her predictions her bold predictions for who is going to take out the title and maybe a couple of bolters that will be back in the Black Ferns environment when that is named in two weeks' time. A lot to play for over the next couple of weeks in the Palmer Cup uh, and a lot to play for for Charmaine Smith, mother, uh, senior sergeant in the New Zealand Police and a proud member of this Northern Cody team. She almost gave up, or she did give up the game. In 2020, she retired after being told by the doctors that she could not play sport. She could not play rugby anymore due to a debilitating injury. But she is back and she's playing for her home. She's playing for the Northern Cody for the very first time. So great to see her out there and go and watch her and watch her team and support them over the weekend. And don't forget the Rugby World Cup. We're just 40 days away, away five weeks out from the opener between New Zealand and Australia. We'll be back in a fortnight's time to do it all again.